Today's sponsor is Kirsty Legister's Juice Plus. Are you looking for help with trying to lose weight? Well, this could be the solution for you. With a range of products such as shakes, boosters, capsules, and more, get started today simply by adding Kirsty on Facebook using the link in the show notes and get started today. For the ad-free version of this podcast, please visit our Patreon page and become a patron at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts in that month and all of the previous ad-free podcasts that we've done. Head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk. The link's in the description. Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it is Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today is Robert. How are you today? Doing good. Uh, got a slight bit of a head cold, nothing too serious. It's more, you know, having to put myself on mute while we do the podcast so I can <laughs> blow my nose. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's uh, officially winter here in Indiana. Yeah, it's, it's snowing super... right now in the UK. Yep, it... It's we got a little bit of dusting here for snow, not a proper snow because uh, oh we've got <laughs> over here quite heavy. Uh, if you look outside, yeah, proper snow over here is you get about a foot, okay. roughly. Uh, I don't know what the metric equivalent is. I sucked at metric, so <laughs> yeah, I don't know how how high the snow's got over here, but all I know is it's snowing. So yeah, uh, and if you can hear it in my voice, which. I feel like I can. I have got a cold, which uh, so we can still do the podcast and stuff. That's not a problem at all. You'll just have to hear it. So uh, yeah, it's not like we're gonna catch a virus over Skype. Yeah, yeah, can't exactly happen. Um, but in the midst of colds and snow and and whatnot, what have you been playing over the past week? Uh, like normal, I've been bouncing around a couple of things. Uh, I've been playing some uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. So I'm about. According to the game progression, I'm about 55% done, but I don't know if that's 55% story or 55% all the collectibles. I would imagine it's it's the whole game, because I, I noticed a few times with, uh, I can't recall any particular games, but some games will tell you you've, you you will have completed the story and it would be like 60%, so I don't know. It depends, how much uh, side stuff have you done? Uh, I do most of the side stuff, okay. at least I try to, I mean... That's kind of the perk of that game is you have what's called quote unquote hunter sense uh-huh. to where you click the uh, left stick and then objects that are interactable will glow. So it makes tracking, you know, collectibles and things like that a lot easier. Cool. But past that, um, you know, I, I tend for the most part to stick to the story just because the side stuff can get, you know, more grindy time sinky than anything else. Mm-hmm. But Tomb Raider makes it at least worth your while because a lot of the collectible stuff are is story elements. Okay. And not particularly your story, just, you know, the backstory and history in general, so. Cool. I'm glad, I'm glad you're enjoying that. Uh, speaking of Tomb Raider, there was a tweet from Square Enix. I don't know if you saw it during the week, because um, it just reminded me of it, actually. Uh, they basically said, like... Um, that Tomb Raider's gonna gonna make some sort of appearance next year, and they're hoping for a game, their next game to come out next year. 
and some people are like, oh, I don't know why they're saying stuff already, but it's like, okay, if they've, if they've got plans and they want to tell you, then they're, they're going to do that. It's not like they've said game's going to be out January 10th and it doesn't come out January 10th. They've just said, we're coming back in 2018 with uh, a new sort of redefined Tomb Raider adventure, um, and we hope to see you, I think it said at E3, I, I can't remember exactly if that's what it said, um, but I, I'm guessing we'll see something maybe at E3. Um, and I, I wonder if Xbox will have the exclusive timed thing again. I don't think they will because I didn't go down very well. But if it was good on Microsoft's part, then I imagine they, they would want to. It's all about the paycheck and who writes it and how big it is. Mm-hmm. Yep, there you that's go. A, that's a weird old funny story. Um, back in 95, when uh, Microsoft was launching out Windows 95. Yeah. They approached uh, the Rolling Stones because this was when they first started doing their big uh, UI update. Okay. And that's when they introduced the start button on Windows machines. Oh. And so they wanted to use Start Me Up, the song, as okay. kind of the, for, for promotional for that. Cool. And the Rolling Stones didn't want to do it. So they just threw out a crazy big number. I think it was like $25 million just to you know say that they made an offer. And Microsoft was like, Done. Here's a check. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's about money these days. So, uh, still about passion. A lot of these people are passionate in the industry, such as we saw at the Game Awards and stuff. Uh, oh yeah. But you can't do any of this stuff without money. So there you go. Yeah. Or it's uh, about being a crazy Frenchman that likes to swear. One of the two. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute. I f- I did find that a bit more funny than annoying, but it wasn't. It it was starting to get annoying. Uh, we'll talk about that in the the game in amongst the uh, game awards and stuff. Uh, soon. Um, so I've been playing. Uh, I finished Lego Marvel Superheroes two, which had a very cool, fun ending. Uh, very like very crossover bonanza crazy, but in a really good way. Um, just so many characters that came together and and all that kind of stuff. Uh. Like, all, all the different Spider-Man people coming together, like Noir Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2099, Spider-Man himself, Spider-Gwen, um, a villain that's called Carnum, which is a symbiote, symbiote sort of mix between Carnage and Venom. Uh, the 2099 uh, Green Goblin came in came into the mix. Um, but it was a very fun ending. You got, like, the Guardians of the Galaxy coming in, the Avengers, and... All those people, and it was it was crazy and fun. And of course, it's a, it's a Lego game, so you shouldn't take it seriously. Um, but yeah, that that was very very fun. I, I thought the story was a little bit plotty, like it was sort of uh, certain characters would meet with other people, and they said, "Oh, we'd meet, we'll, we'll meet you later when we go to fight uh, Kang." Um, and then at the, at the end, when you're fighting with a few people, because you fight Kang like a, quite a few times, and then of course you had the big boss battle at the end. Um, and I'm kind of like, okay, where are all these characters that said that they were going to turn up? And they just turn up in like a swarm <laughs> of characters and they just go over towards, uh, towards Kang. It, it was quite fun. So I finished that. Um, it does leave the story open for, uh, number three, which we'll, we'll probably get, I imagine. Uh, it finishes on a nice kind of funny cliffhanger, which I, I won't sort of ruin. Um, so I, I finished up with that and then I went ahead and... Brought Cuphead and the uh, Life is Strange Deluxe Edition. The Deluxe Edition comes with this, this special episode. I remember we mentioned it ages ago on this podcast. Uh, it's basically like a, a last episode between Chloe and Max. For like, like a goodbye, I imagine. Because it's called Farewell. So I, I imagine that's what that entails. 
Um, but there's three episodes for the the main uh, season, and I just sort of started the first one. Because um, what I'm going to kind of do is mix Cuphead in with Life is Strange. So if if like Cuphead gets a bit too frustrating or whatever like like that, and uh, I still have a few hours left of game time or whatever, I'm just going to like put an episode of Life is Strange on and sort of play through that. Um, Cuphead is very fun and very cool. Um, I'm going to throw a bit of a... I don't know if this is a controversial opinion or not. But I think Crash Bandicoot is harder than Cuphead. Um, in a way of... Cuphead's gameplay is a lot more... And again, I'm right at the start. So maybe there's upgrades and different enemies. And all sorts of crazy stuff that happens. I, I can see that being a possibility. But with uh, Crash Bandicoot being this sort of platformer. And you have to dodge so many different things. And spin at the right time. And do all this kind of stuff. Um, at least in the moment, I don't know, it's kind of unfair to compare, because I've played three Crash games and only, like, a quarter of, or not even that, of, of Cuphead. But at the moment, I'm finding it easier than Crash. I'm still dying a lot and stuff, of course, but, uh, the, the mechanics are much, much simpler, so maybe that's sort of what I mean. Is that it's, like, an easier game to play, basically. Um, but, it's, it's kind of about... When you go into certain mini boss fights and whatever, like learning the rhythm of the enemies, learning when they're going to do stuff so that you can dodge or attack at certain points, and then when uh, the enemy changes and keeps changing and they bring new stuff out, uh, it's about sort of trying to just track what they're doing, and it's almost better to die for sort of first of all so that you sort of know when stuff is coming up because otherwise, if you get right to the end and something surprises you and happens and you die, then that that's a lot worse. Uh, do you have any interest in Cuphead? I'll probably play it at some point. I mean, I grew up on, you know, side-scrolling platformers. It's just, there's mm-hmm. a lot of other stuff that's kind of on my plate right now, so. Cool. Yeah, there's a, I'm not sure if it's still on there. It was only for three days, but there was a sale on the Xbox store. It's the uh, Game Award nominees one, so I imagine all the, the stuff that got nominated. Although I saw, like, Assassin's Creed in there, and I don't think that was nominated for anything. Um... But there's a sale on the Xbox store, and there is one on the PlayStation store, but it's only for the US, which is annoying, because they've got a sale on um, Hellblade, which I really wanted to get. But it's only the the US store, which I don't remember ever seeing that happen before. It probably has, but um, like maybe before I got a PlayStation, it happened a few times. But that, that's that's kind of strange. They would only do it in the US. I don't know. Um, but that was a, a game of the awards, game of the year awards sale as well. Um, so yeah, I'll come back next week and give some more thoughts on Carped and stuff. Um, we should probably get to some news that, that we've got here. Uh, so the first thing we have is of course the game awards. So let me switch over to my tab. Um, while I'm waiting for that load, that to load, what do you think of the game awards in in general? Uh, I thought it was a three-hour commercial. <laughs> for pretty much everything, and occasionally a game would be announced. Yeah. Because um, somebody actually did a count on that. There was almost twice as many, you know, what would you consider commercials for actual awards. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't do, like, a proper award award for best RPG, <laughs> they just did kind of a, and congratulations to so-and-so, like, nine seconds on best RPG, but we spent... Yeah, I don't, I don't get why they're doing that. Yeah, but probably ten minutes teasing about who wins esports player of the year. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Because I, I actually, you know, when they had the countdown at the start, I thought that was all pre-show talk. 
So I skipped all of that. Um, and how was I to know that they would announce like the trending gamer and the, there was some other stuff in there? I think there was like a trailer for a World War Z game that was in like the, the pre-show. You know when Jeff was talking and they had the countdown. Yeah. Um, and then that's some other stuff, and doc, like Doctor Disrespect came up and gave his speech, and I don't know why they'd have all that in the like pre-show, so that cause that should be saved for the actual awards. But yeah, they did have a lot of like, here's another deal from eBay, here's another trailer for the Xbox One X, and here's another trailer for, um, they, did they have the trailer for uh, the the Ghost Destiny thing that we talked about? I honestly don't remember because I was I only half did. paying attention to it. The uh, Game Awards was going on at the same time that the uh, Arrow mid-season finale was going on. Yeah, yeah. So I was watching Arrow, and then I'd have the Game Awards streaming on mute, and then any time Arrow was on a commercial, yeah. then I'd turn it on. Okay. Um, but yeah, they showed that, and that actually looked kind of cool. I know it's like what we said about announcements and so, uh, um, trailers and, and advertisements and whatever. So... I guess the good thing for me is because I watched it the next morning, I was able to just fast forward through all that stuff. But it was, it did really kind of interrupt the flow of the show. And I know you do have to have like, you know, you have to pay the bills, quote unquote. Um, but I don't know. I think they maybe put them in at the wrong times or something like that. But uh, yeah. Uh, so I think what we should do is talk about some of the stuff that was, that was actually announced and then talk about the awards themselves. Uh, so there was Bayonetta 3, which was announced exclusively for the Switch. Um, they also announced, of course, 1 one and 2 being in a bundle for the Switch or in, on its way. Um, this is a, quite a big win for, for Nintendo. I know Bayonetta isn't the biggest game ever, but I know there's some, some passionate fans out there about it. Um, and some people that really care about the series and stuff. Uh, so how do you feel about Bayonet, Bayonetta, sorry. Oh, it's definitely a win for them because, I mean, when the Switch, you know, became as crazy popular as it did at launch, yeah. all that did was encourage um, third-party developers to go to that platform. And so now we're starting to see that with the, the Doom and uh, Skyrim and things like that. So mm-hmm. all that's going to do is encourage more and more third-party developers to... Hopefully go to that platform, yep. which is going to be beneficial to Nintendo, and like I've, like I've said repeatedly, I'm never going to chant for a route for anybody to lose, mm-hmm. and so that's a big win for them. Yep, yep. Um, I mean, I'm not the big, I haven't played uh, Bayonetta before. I remember playing a demo and just thinking it was a bit too crazy and over the top and stuff, um, but I only played it for like five minutes, so I don't know. Um, what else do we have? We had, we had a trailer for Death Stranding, and then at the PSX, they showed the exact same trailer, because when they, when they brought up this, you know the Kojima credits, it's got like the lines hanging off it, and all that kind of stuff, you can tell if it's a, a Death Stranding trailer, um, and I thought, oh, are they gonna, are, are they got like another trailer or something, but it was the same trailer, so I, I skipped it, because, you know, it was the same trailer again, uh, but then they came out and had, uh, Kojima come out and talk. Which was very, very funny and very cool. Uh, but what did you make of this eight-minute Death Stranding trailer? I think Hideo Kojima is on a lot of drugs. <laughs> I mean, a lot of drugs. Yeah. yeah. And somehow manages to channel that into video game form. Mm. That trailer is even more confusing than the first one with him holding the baby. That whole point to where they're going down Norman Reedus's throat. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there's the baby giving him a thumbs up. 
I mean, I'm not a big drug user. I mean, I'm not at all a drug user on any level. Okay. But I'd almost want to take whatever drug he's on just <laughs> to see what comes out. Yeah. Um. I mean, it's not. It's definitely not on a. This is confusing. I hate it. Level. This is much more on a. I'm confusing. Uh, it, this is confusing, but I'm interested. Um, and this is like wacky and stuff, but I'm still interested because it's mysterious and cool and looks looks fun. Um, and yeah, that was one of the most strangest things I'd ever seen. Like, and then it comes back out of uh, Norman Reedus's mouth, which uh, someone called him Sam in the trailer, so we know that he's playing as Sam. Um, everybody's probably still going to call him just Norman Reedus, but they said his name was Sam. Um, and then he sort of like floats in the water and comes back out and you see those guys that are floating and then there's the the one guy that uh looks like some kind of samurai um he like floats on top of the, the truck that's been tipped over and they've got these uh things ca- coming off the side of them that like are like warning things i imagine you know the things that start like, flapping and like had lights on them and stuff yeah um, some sort of loose vi uh yeah. sensor alerting him to danger mm-hmm um, which is a good thing that those enemies can't detect it because that thing's noisy and, and loud and uh, does attract a lot of attention. But um, in the trailer, it seemed like breathing is the thing that attracts these monsters or e- enemies, wh- whatever they are. Um, Possibly noise. Yeah, yeah, because they they all attempted to stop breathing, um, and then you saw you saw the same like handprints that were in the first ever trailer. Um, so that kind of indicates that that's an invisible enemy maybe um yeah possibly about that yeah yeah close to it yeah i think we're trying to make some sense of this crazy trailer um but and then there's the kind of cool scenes where uh the guy that calls sam sam um the guy that gets sort of like knocked out or like flipped over and then he tries to grab for his gun and then he like stabs himself repeatedly He's trying to kill himself so he doesn't go through whatever torture those things are going to do to him. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm guessing the invisible thing, whatever it's called, uh, is like lifting him up to like the surface of the water or, or, or whatever. So, um, uh, what, what else was there that happened in the trailer? I mean, there was this, you know, other fun kind of cool stuff. There was like, you got this like mud-esque type stuff. It's like black water mud type stuff and uh these enemies grab the the other guy that's on the floor and they try and pull him pull him away and stuff um and he did he have like his legs trapped on on that truck that's what sort of looked like could happen like the truck he was was pinned underneath the truck yeah yeah. it looked like the truck had like tipped over and he'd like maybe gone out the window and landed like underneath it um so that was one of the more basic things (laughs) that happened in the trailer so uh, but yeah, looking forward to that when the, whenever that comes out. Um, do you, uh, are you okay with the fact that Kojima is like coming out with multiple trailers, but we probably won't see this game for two or three years? I think it's fine. Uh, as long as it doesn't turn into that one game, uh, The Last Guardian. Yeah. I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Because that game took forever and it was not well received. Yeah. Um, so hopefully this is this is good and I have faith in... Kojima and Norman Reedus and uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, so what else was announced? They did show some stuff of Dreams, but they showed a bit more at PSX, so we'll talk about that on that part. Um, 
the first trailer they showed, or the, the first one after the timer went down, was In the Valley of Gods. It's from the same same people behind uh, Firewatch, which is a game that I, I want to play. Uh, it didn't show very much. It showed this sort of African-American type woman. Um, and she's trying to just walk around and climb and, and do some other stuff. So uh, I imagine that's going to be going to be kind of cool. Have you any interest in this or Firewatch? Uh, not really. Just okay. because those are the kinds of games that I tend not to play. I mean, Firewatch looks cool and all, but I've never played it. Um, and I'd have to know more about the story for this. Okay. To really be able to get into it, so you know, maybe if you know when you see the next trailer mm-hmm. in a couple of years, awesome gameplay. So, so, <laughs> you know, so. I might do it, but uh... yeah, because I mean, it's all it's all well and good showing trailers, but we do need to see like gameplay so they actually know what the game's like. Um, they showed a DLC, another DLC for Breath of the Wild, which was out on that night, so it's out like mm-hmm. now, I guess. Uh, I don't have too much to say about that because I've not played Zelda at all. Um, Metro Exodus had another trailer for that, which looked kind of cool. Um, I'm looking forward to playing that. Did they give a release date for that? I think next year, but Felt, I'm not 100% sure. Yeah, I think they just said 2018. There's so many release dates and information that yeah, I won't remember everything. Uh, they showed some more of... Um, oh, Metro. Are you interested in Metro? I might. Uh, it's constantly showing up as people saying, oh, this was a really good game. It's a really good concept, but I've never really gotten around to uh, actually playing it. Okay. Um, Player on PUBG uh, had another open world map and had like a 50 versus 50 mode? Or was that for Fortnite? That was Fortnite. Okay. Um, But yeah, they they showed a new map for for PUBG, which is coming out um, in two days on the Xbox One. Uh, And then they, they said something about a full PC version on the 20th. Is that like the full release? Yeah, then? technically the game is still in early access. Yeah. It's an alpha build. Uh, and so when the Xbox One game drops, at the same time, they're going to do the update for the PC and make it officially version 1.0. Okay. Because um, that's what I'm more interested in, is when this thing actually gets released, released. Because then it won't have, hopefully won't have bugs and, and stuff, and it will be an actual fully released game. Because um, I don't really want to play it until that happens, just because I don't want to go in and have such a... Well, supposedly it's going to be on the game preview program, so you should be able to download it and yeah. at least try it out. And they are doing a physical release, so your game service that you talk about all the time, it yeah. should show up there. Yeah, I can I can try it out for a bit with that. So, um, I think you can buy it on the Xbox or the Windows Store, I guess they call it now, for like £24. So if you're interested in PUBG uh, on your Xbox, go ahead and do that. Uh, finally, a release date for Sea of Thieves. It was March 22nd, I believe they said. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I got yep. another, I got another March date that's stuck in my head, which is uh, just Jones season two. Um, but this was, which is March eighth, by the way. Um, so this was this is March twenty second. We finally have a date for one of these exclusives that we've been waiting for on the Xbox. The others are like um, State of Decay and things like Crackdown, which should have been this year but got delayed, unfortunately. Um, and some others that aren't coming to mind. Um, yeah, we, we've talked about this game quite a few times before, but we have a release date now, which is cool. Um, Soul Calibur 6 was announced, which I have no thoughts on, because uh, I've never played it, and the only 2D fighting game I've ever played is Injustice. So, Yeah, I played actually a lot of Soul Calibur, because that was one of the okay. first games that was a launch title on the Sega Genesis, going way, way back then. 
and it caught my attention and it caught my eye one because the uh, the combat was very very smooth. It flowed really well. Right. And then the other thing is is that it was the first fighting game that tried to have a story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like the injustice story that you do now, but each character had their own separate motivation for wanting to get the weapon. And then there was a lot of other collectible stuff that you could do, unlock alternate outfits, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this is just somebody that was having fun and had some extra programming time. If you beat the game enough or progressed enough through the collectibles, you'd actually unlock uh, fighting moves for the different characters. But it wasn't like you know adding combat or adding techniques or anything like that. It was more of a, a scripted uh, form. I guess would be the best way to say it okay. for each character where they would just go around and try to impress. Like if you ever seen a martial arts demonstration and you see guy, it was just one dude by himself on the floor, just whipping a weapon around trying to show off. Okay. But it was very clearly in a, in a scripted manner. It, it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, we forgot to, I think we forgot to talk about this, but from software tease the game and a lot of people think it's bloodborne too, which is, uh, you, you could, probably believe that um so they didn't really show much of anything um which is the idea of a teaser uh but what do you think this might be i actually have no idea yeah who's the people that make dark souls is that id software or is that from software i'd actually have to look it up because i've never played dark souls okay but they if it is the same company which i'm not sure um Maybe it's some kind of Dark Souls DLC, if it's the same company. If it, if it isn't, then I think this is probably Bloodborne 2, because I can't think of anything else it would be. Unless it's Bloodborne DLC, possibly. Before That's a possibility. The... Yeah. Because there's a lot of Bloodborne options that don't have to be Bloodborne 2, but of course a lot of people want Bloodborne 2. Um, so there's not too much to say about that, because there wasn't much of it. Um... The way out is next on my list, if we want to talk about what the developer did. Um, so Jeff invited him on stage, and he, he said, you know, can you tell us about a way out? What's the release date? Can we see a trailer? That that sort of normal conversation. And then this guy goes, what was this guy's name? Uh, I'd have to look it up to pronounce it right. Okay. Uh. Um, but th- this guy basically went on stage and was like, I'm really passionate and that sort of stuff. I think, okay, this, this is this is fine. He's passionate. He's at the Game Awards. Um, that's perfectly normal. It's a game-related... Yeah. Uh, the guy's uh, name is Yosef Ferris. That's it, Yosef. Um, so I'm like, yeah, this is, this is fine. He's passionate at the Game Awards. He's talking about his game. You want him to be passionate. Um, and then he starts, like... I can't remember which one he said first, whether it was to do with EA or to do with the Oscars. But um, he swore at the Oscars, basically went right up to the camera and swore at the Oscars. And Jeff started to sort of lose control of him a bit, unfortunately. And I'm kind of thinking, okay, man, like, there's loads of people in the audience that are watching this. There's people all over the internet watching this on, like, Twitch, IGN, YouTube, etc. And then Jeff says to the guy, like, okay, we need to get on with the show. Um, we're running out of time. Can you just, can we, like, boot up the, the trailer and... This guy just keeps going on, and then he and then he brings up the thing again. I can't remember which order this was in, but he goes and says like all developers make mistakes, and EA have been really nice to me. I was like, okay, that's that's fair enough. If EA have been really nice to you, I doubt that you're gonna like uh, moan at them at, at public game awards because that wouldn't go very down very well. And uh, 
maybe they won't finish your game or, or something. Um, so, of course, he's, he's on the good side of EA because they've been good to him. Um, and he basically comes out and says, all, all developers make mistakes, which is, you know, a hint to the, the loot box stuff that's been happening. Um, and eventually they, they show, like, the trailer and stuff. Um, what did you th- what did you think of this? Uh, I thought the guy was a bit of a tryhard. He was trying to be edgy for sake of trying to be edgy. Yeah. He might definitely have that attitude towards the Oscars. I don't know. I mean, the guy's uh, Lebanese, so and there might be something different. I don't know if he was like you know Lebanese. They that's you know that's what they put in his bio. Yeah. Because I I was looking him up because I literally had never heard of him before that night. So they put that in his bio. So I don't know if that's you know where he was born or if that's just his heritage. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, did he get, like, snubbed at the Oscars a couple of times for some films he made or something? Or does... Because he basically came out and said, like, oh, this is way better than the Oscars. Look at what you've done, Jeff. And I'm like, okay, that, that, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. And then when he starts uh, swearing and stuff, I'm like, okay, this is like... Yeah, I think he was snubbed. Because this is from an, his IMDB page. Okay. Yosef Ferris is a Crystal Simor winning Swedish Lebanese Assyrian film director. His brother is the actor Ferris, Ferris, who has appeared in many of his films. Okay. Uh, Joseph Ferris moved to Sweden when he was 10 years old, fleeing the Lebanese Civil War when he was with his family. He, clear, he currently lives in Orboro, O-R-E-B-O-R, Ian. I've never heard of that. Me neither. Uh, so he obviously is from Lebanon. Yeah. Uh, and so if, if he's got an IMDb page and he's made films, so clearly that, you know, F the the Oscars was something to do with Oscars. Okay. Uh, I just thought, like, maybe he, he got snubbed or something happened or to do with the Oscars. Or maybe he does just think that because this looks so good that he should swear at the Oscars. But I don't know. Possibly. I mean... Yeah. A lot of people don't but, like the Oscars. I personally don't care. I got better things to do with my life. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, but like, so some of the stuff he said was fine. But when he went off into the trail, and when Jeff started saying, "Okay, we have to get on with the show," he should then have said, "Okay, sorry, Jeff, get get on with the show and show the trailer." Instead of saying, "Oh, can I say one more thing? And can we come back and talk afterwards?" It's like, no, we have so many awards to get to, and people turned up to see them, and not necessarily to hear you like talk for, for ages and ages like he can come up and talk sure like like i said he came on and he he started fairly nice um sure he was a bit over the top but he said he's a passionate man so that makes sense it's just that like he went he went a bit too far with it it didn't like completely derail the show or like anything like that it just was a, a bit of a nuisance so it um, did completely derail that segment but that's about it yeah yeah uh but the rest of the show was fine um, so they talked about A Way Out again, um, and then we got a, uh, trailer for, this was actually before the, in the countdown timer as well, we got a trailer for World War Z, there wasn't much of it shown, um, we basically just saw, like, hordes of, of zombies, or whatever they call them in, in that world, uh, running around and stuff. Um, so, two questions, is this gonna be any good, which we don't know, because we haven't seen any gameplay, we don't know much about it. And second, do you think this will be tied to the film in any way? I mean, I don't see Brad Pitt like doing the voice for this and stuff like that. Um, I don't see it being tied to the movie. It might be more closely tied to the book. I've never actually had a chance to read the book. Yeah, yeah. The movie exhausted me. <laughs> and when I say exhausted me, it was so fast-paced and there was so few breaks in between the action 
when the movie was over, I felt like I needed a breath. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty crazy full-on film. I mean, it was like, set piece, boom, 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 and then boom, movie's mm. over. Mm. Was it directed by Michael Bay? <laughs> Maybe, no, because there weren't nearly yeah. enough explosions. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, that's, that's uh, what you really need to, to make a Michael Bay film. Um, there is a rumor, I don't know if there's any truth to this or not, but there has been a rumor floating around that Michael Bay is going to be directing the live-action Dora the Explorer movie. Okay, I don't yeah. know how that would work. That's exactly my <laughs> Because you can't really have explosions in Dora the Explorer. Um, yeah, I don't know how that's going to work, but... Uh, any, th- any thoughts on World War Z? I mean, it's another teaser trailer that we can't get much from. You know, I, I think we should kind of make a policy to not talk about teaser trailers unless the game is scheduled to come out within the next six months, because there's really no point to it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's all for the game announcements that I have listed. If there's anything else, please tell us what we missed. Uh, so let's move on to the actual awards themselves. Um, I have Game of the Year at the top. Should we start with that? Or yeah. Should, yeah. Um, I mean, hopefully you know the results by the time you listen to this anyway. Uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, developed by Nintendo, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, PUBG, and Super Mario Odyssey. Um, which one did you think was going to win? I honestly thought it was going to be, uh, um, Zelda. That was my, Mm -hmm. that was my, if I had to put money on it, that's what I would have put money on. Yeah, uh, and the winner was Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, I really liked... What they did with the orchestra and stuff, because they, they played the theme tunes and stuff for each of these games, and uh, when they got to Mario Odyssey, which I think was the last one that they did, uh, the woman who sings the song, I think at the end of the game, or in some sequence in the game, uh, she came on and basically did like a live-action reenactment of it, of course, without Mario there. Uh, but she came on and did that, and I thought that was pretty cool. Um... I thought that was that was quite nice. It's like it's the big award. It's the game of the year. You want to kind of give it a bit more room to breathe. I mean, if they're going to give the esports winner room to breathe, then you have to give game of the year um, room to, room to breathe as well. Um, so, anything to say about this? I mean, it was a little bit of a. I mean, if PUBG had won, it would have been a lot more of a surprise. I kind of thought it would be down to Mario, Horizon, and uh, Zelda. So. Well, I knew it wasn't going to be PUBG just because the developers came out and said, you know, they were honored to be nominated, but they didn't think they should win. Okay. So they clearly knew that, you know, bit of controversy for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus, Game of the Year should be, for lack of a better word, a game changer. Yeah. It should be something that completely, you know, does something absolutely different. And that was Zelda. I mean, Zelda moved console units. Mm-hmm. And now you could argue that Super Mario also did that, but right, but that was like months later. So that was months yeah. later after it had already been proven that people wanted to play that kind of console. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, yeah, that, I mean, you know that that turned into that. So yeah, I mean Zelda's the the killer app if you want to put it that way uh, for the Switch. It's it's I think the longest game the Switch has got. Um, and it's, you know, one of the two top ones, because Ma- uh, Super Mario is obviously the other one, so. Uh, yeah, congratulations to Nintendo and Zelda. It's been a heck of a year for them. Uh, best game direction, um, which was Zelda, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, Resident Evil 7, Super Mario Odyssey, and Wolfenstein 2. 
and the winner was uh, Zelda again, Breath of the Wild, uh, which which took that away. Yeah. Uh, again, not. Yeah, I agree with that. Not a total surprise. I kind of would have liked to seen Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I haven't played that game yet. At some point, I will. Mm-hmm. But that's another one of those games that, you know, was an absolute game changer. Uh, it was very unique in several instances. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, dinosaur robots. I mean, how can you go wrong with dinosaur robots? <laughs> Speaking of dinosaur robots, did you see, uh, is it Con- not Conan? Um, Clu- who does Clueless Gamer? What's his name? Yeah, that's Conan O'Brien. Yeah, Conan O'Brien. <laughs> And he's going through the game of the years and like telling you why they're all terrible. Of course, it's a joke type thing. And then he just comes out with Yahtzee. I thought that was kind of funny. I haven't watched a lot of the um, Clueless Gamers, but the ones I have seen, I've quite liked. Uh, I think that they're kind of cool. Um, and the, what he says for Horizon Zero Dawn is like, they, they put these big um, dinosaur robots in this game and all they give this woman is a bow and arrow. It's, it's a bad idea or whatever. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, Horizon got, I can see in front of me, they got at least four nominations, and they didn't get any of them, so that's, that's kind of disappointing. Um, but that got Best Game Direction, the only one I haven't played out of that lot, uh, or the only two, is, uh, Mario and Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein is on the way, I'll hopefully be talking about that next week. Um, Best Narrative, you had Hellblade, What Remains of Edith Finch, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Nia, and Wolfenstein 2, and the winner was uh, what, Remade of, what Remains of Edith Finch. Uh, Finch, not Finch. Um, any thoughts on this? Do you have any yeah. different winners in I mind? Out of those, that was probably the one that had the most narrative to it. I mean, don't get me wrong, a Wolfenstein 2 does have kind of a story, but out of all the ones... That's the one that I would think of as being a narrative-driven game. Mm-hmm. It's it's weirdly the only story I I know the rest of the plots for these games, but I don't know the uh, Edith Finch plot, which is kind of annoying since it is the one that won. Um, I think it's to do with, like she goes back to her hometown and she has to like find her family and stuff. So it's a little bit similar to to Gone Home, but Gone Home's like you go home and you try to find where your family is. Um, so that one for that, which was quite cool. Uh, best art direction, you had Cuphead, Destiny 2, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5, and Breath of the Wild, and Cuphead got it this time, which I think it deserves it. Um, again, we can only speak to the games that we've actually played, uh, which is kind of a problem, but we've only got so much time that we can, we can play all these games. And so much money. Yeah, so much money as well. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Cuphead's got quite a distinctive, like, art style, and it's got the sort of, um... How, how would you describe it? You know when the, the, the old style TVs have got like the spots that go over it? Like yeah, the, the aesthetics. Cra- like the, the, uh, what you see in like the Fallout intros, that sort of crackling spots kind of thing. Uh, so that's quite sort of distinct and unique. Uh, and none of these other games have that. Um, Destiny 2, I definitely didn't want to win this. Um, I just think that, yeah, it's a big, cool, nice looking open world, but not in terms of these other games, I don't think. Um... What, what do you think of this category? Uh, I think the game that the only game really that should have won won it, so that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, past that, uh, not really anything to be you know shocked about or gone home about. Uh, you know, make that big of a deal about rather. Mm-hmm. Uh, so best score in music, you had Nier, Cuphead, Destiny Two, Persona Five, Mario, and Zelda, and the winner was Nier, which I kind of agree with. Um, the music in Mario I've heard is quite good, and um, 
I've heard the same thing about like Persona. It's got quite a nice soundtrack. But I do like the uh, the music of of Nia. Um, Carpet's got some cool music, but I don't think it's maybe as distinct as Nia. Um, you just sort of when you, it's like when you hear the Nia soundtrack, you know that it's for that game kind of thing. So um, I think that that's kind of cool. Uh, any thoughts? No, I mean I'm I'm a little surprised Cuphead didn't win it or Mario because those are both games that have very uh, distinctive soundtracks. Okay. And plus Cuphead kind of was wowing everybody with everything, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, best audio design, which is a bit different. This is more to do with like the sounds in the game and stuff, as opposed to the actual music. Uh, you had Hellblade, Destiny Two, Resident Evil Seven, Mario, and Zelda. Uh, loads of nominations for Mario and Zelda. They got nominated in loads of different categories. So, um, the winner here was Hellblade, which I think is is a well deserved winner because you've got the like. I've heard that if you put the headphones in, um, and you like listen to the voices and stuff, it's quite sort of unique and and interesting. Um, and like her, the the character herself, uh, Senua, like when she speaks or when she has her own thoughts and stuff. Uh, you can hear it in like a in quite a unique way. Uh, Destiny Two again, I don't think so. Uh, Resident Evil Seven, maybe for audio design. I don't know if the audio is particularly cool in Resident Evil. I mean, it's kind of a chilling game, but it is kind of like just dead silent at points. Um, but again, that at that sort of pushes the horror in the game as well. Uh, Mario Super Mario, I think, um, has some nice sort of audio in it as well um but again with mario and zelda we're, we're not we don't really know so because we've not played them uh any thoughts here uh no it's you know like you said mario and zelda got nominated for pretty much everything but that's just because the game both of those games came out and were just absolute instant blockbuster mega million sales yeah yeah um, and like we said, Zelda's the, the sort of killer app. Uh, best performance, you've got uh, the woman from Hellblade, Melina, uh, Ashley Birch from Horizon Zero Dawn, Brian Bloom as uh, BJ something from Wolfenstein 2, Claudia Black as Chloe in Uncharted, uh, Laura Bailey as Nadine in Uncharted, um, and the winner was uh, Melina, who played Senua in Hellblade. Which I think is well deserved. All of like the close, the um, what do you call it? Like the uh, face capture and all that kind of stuff were, was really done quite well. Um, and I, I've seen some of the behind the scenes stuff, and she really did do quite a good job. Um, I think all of these did a really good job from from what I know. Um, so I think, but I think she sort of deserved it for that as well. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it, that's one of those things to where that's so inside baseball behind the scenes that you never really know what's going on yeah and so that's more of an award to recognize somebody that's probably not going to get a whole lot of recognition um as weird as it sounds i'm kind of glad that laura bailey didn't win it not that i have anything against her it's just that she does a voice for so many different characters she's a lot more well known than any of the other nominees so mm-hmm. if she had won it i would have been worried it was more of a popularity contest than from the actual thing, so... Okay. Uh, but I agree with Hellblade in, in the situation. Games for Impact, which is, again, including Hellblade. Uh, Hellblade, Hellblade, Bury Me, My Love, Life is Strange, Night in the Woods, Please Knock on My Door, and What Remains of Edith Finch. And the winner was Hellblade, again, for Games for Impact. 
uh, I like the speech that she gave, like giving a, a voice to like people with mental health issues and, and that sort of thing, which is quite a big deal. Um, the only one I the, the only ones I know much about are Life is Strange and Hellblade. I've not really seen much of the others. Um, of course, you got Edith Finch, which is which is quite popular in that. Uh, but I think Hellblade deserves to win this. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Okay. Um, best ongoing game, you've got Overwatch, Destiny 2, Grand Theft Auto Online, PUBG, Rainbow Six Siege, and Warframe. And Overwatch won this one. Um, I thought that it, when he read out the nominees again, because I'd sort of forgotten them a bit, um, I kind of thought it would between, be between GTA and Overwatch, because they're the two that have had like the free updates and stuff. And in the current climate of, of gaming and stuff, I think that's that's quite a big thing when you can have so many free updates and that. Um, I don't I don't know if PUBG does have free updates, but GTA and Overwatch are the only ones that I know that that haven't got any like. Apart from the smaller microtransactions, they haven't got any like paid DLC stuff like that. So uh, Overwatch won this category, which I think is well deserved. Uh, of course, a little bit of bias, considering that's the, the one that I currently play. Uh, but it's good that it still won something after last year, winning the, the Game of the Year last year. Uh, it's good that it continues to be a success. Uh, what do you think? Uh, I uh, don't doubt that it you know, is a good game. That's one of those things that I would have preferred to have seen... Uh, uh, GTA 5 win it just because GTA 5 predates our current generation of consoles yeah. that originally came out on the PS3 and Xbox 360. And so when you think about that and think about the fact that it's still going, it's still a viable online game, and it has massive free... I mean, don't get me wrong, the new characters in Overwatch are cool and the skins are kind of cool, but it's not the same as having... Uh, you know, the gun runners and then the biker gangs and then the uh, bunkers and then the airports and they just announced a new heist last week for GTA five. Mm-hmm. These are full, you know, twenty, thirty dollar DLC updates that they've been putting out for free for the last three years. Yeah. And so in just term in terms of volume and content, I would have preferred to have seen uh, GTA five one, but I'm not gonna knock uh, Overwatch just because it okay. is that popular. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think both of them are, are, are worthy from this category, or the two most worthy from from this category. I know Rainbow Six is uh, quite popular as well, so that's that's kind of cool. Uh, best indie game: you've got Cuphead, Hellblade, Night in the Woods, uh, Pyre or Pyre. Uh, what remains of Edith Finch and Cuphead won this category, which I think is is well deserved. Um, if I'm to pick two, I would have picked Hellblade and Cuphead. Uh, from this category, so um, well deserved. Cuphead, any thoughts? Uh, nope. Like you said, Cuphead is very well deserved. Yep. Um, what's the next one I want to do? Uh, best action game. You got, you've got best action game, best RPG, and uh, best action adventure game. On those. How come they have best action game and best action and adventure game? That's almost the same category. Uh, I mean, the difference is you've got Wolfenstein, uh, Wolfenstein, Cuphead, Destiny, Neo, and Prey in action game, and in best action adventure you've got Zelda, Assassin's Creed, Horizon, Mario, and Uncharted. So they do have different games, but 
it just feels like kind of the same category to me. But anyway, um, best action game was Wolfenstein 2, and best action adventure game was was Zelda. Uh, so that that's kind of cool. Um, any thoughts on those? Now, nah, pretty much most of the awards that they did made sense as, as to why that one won it. So, yep. Um, <laughs> best role playing game. Uh, you got Persona Five, Divinity, Original Sin Two, Final Fantasy Fifteen, uh, Nia, and South Park. Fair sure, behold, Persona Five won this. Um, I'd have to go with either like Persona, Nia, or um, South Park for, for this one. Yeah, it would have been cool to see South Park win an award, but yeah. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Uh, just read out a few more of these, because uh, we've got PSX to run through as well. Um, where am I here? Best Fighting Game, which was another one that sort of went under my radar, because I think it was again before the... They had like almost equal amount of rewards in the countdown timer than they did in the actual show. Uh, best fighting game, because like, like you said, they sort of, Jeff just sort of said one of the games won an award, and I'm like, okay, where's the, like, on-stage recognition and whatever? I, I don't know, but there you go. Uh, Injustice 2, uh, Arms, Marvel vs. Capcom, Infinite, uh, Nidhogg 2, I think is how you say that, and Tekken 7, Injustice 2 won this, which I'm pretty happy about, because I quite like that game. Um, any thoughts here? Uh, no. I mean, it's one of those things that I don't play fighting games that much, so. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that, you know, that won the award, so I'm not going to knock it for that. Yep, it's pretty cool. Uh, I've got three more here that I'm going to read out. Uh, you got Best Family Game. You've got Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart 8. Um, there was three Mario games this year. Mario and Rabbids Kingdom uh, Battle, Mario Kart 8, and Super Mario Odyssey. So, it's been a big year for Mario. Um, so, yeah, those three Mario games, and then Sonic Mania and Splatoon 2 and Super Mario Odyssey won it. I'm kind of surprised Mario Kart didn't win it, since that's the more multiplayer-type game. Because uh, if you're talking family, then I would kind of lean more towards that. But I think all of, all of these are kind of worthy. Apart from maybe Sonic, that's like the weak one from this category, if I'm to pick one. So... Um, yeah. Wh- what do you think? What do you think of Mario getting three games this year? I'm kind of surprised they added in uh, Mario and Rabbids as a family game because that's more of like a, a strat- strategic combat game. Yeah. Than a family game. Yeah. Um, you've got best sports racing game. Uh, FIFA 18 did get nominated. You've got Forza Motorsport 7, FIFA 18, Gran Turismo Sport, NBA 2K18, Pro Evolution Soccer, and Project Cars 2. And Forza was the deserved, uh, deserving winner from this category. Um, FIFA this year wasn't good. Gran Turismo I heard bad things about. NBA I heard relatively good things about. Pro Evolution Soccer I heard no good things about. And Project Cars 2 I have not really heard anything about. So um, I think Forza is, Forza is the sort of uh, deserved winner here. What do you think? Yep. Yep, I would agree with that. And the last one I'm going to read is best multiplayer game. You've got PUBG, Call of Duty World at War 2, Destiny 2, Fortnite, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and Splatoon 2. And the winner was PUBG, so it did walk away with, with something this year. Um, and quite a nice category. Mo- best multiplayer isn't just, like, one of the others. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, they got something out of this year. 
Yeah, and considering how basic, and you know, as somebody who plays this game from time to time, it's it's weird saying it, but that is a very very basic game. But the fact that they can get two million people concurrently playing the game, yeah, you know, just goes is a testament of they whatever they did, they did it right. And so I'm I'm glad they did walk away with at least one award. So yeah, uh, and that's it for the the game awards. At least the awards that we paid a bit more attention to. Um, yeah, I thought it was a good showing, apart from maybe the stuff with with that guy, but I can kind of look past it. Uh, so next thing we're going to move on to is uh, talking about the PSX, the PlayStation Experience, which is all PlayStation stuff. Um, did you watch this? I completely missed it. I forgot it was on. Okay. I did actually forget about it until the next morning, because it was again on at like 2 or 4 a.m. or whatever it was. Um, but I went ahead and watched it, and it was about the same length as the Game Awards. So I had a lot of... Over the last two days, I've watched a lot of like conference trailers, Game Awards, and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I enjoyed it. So um, while I wait for this to load, they had... Um, so they basically had like a two-hour presentation, and they sort of had... Uh, what would you say? They, 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 the the guy from PlayStation come out and he started talking about um, all the all different games that are coming out and they started talking about stuff that's happened this year because it's been a good year for PlayStation in in that regard. Um, and he talked about uh, you know he brought all the developers out for games that have come out this year, so like the Horizon Zero Dawn, the um, what are the other ones? All, all all the games that basically came out this year, and then he brought out the developer for. Um, like God of War and Detroit, so some of the more upcoming games, and then they all kind of joked about, like, oh, it took me five years to make my game, oh, it took you three years to, to make your game. Um, and at the end, they had a funny thing where they basically had... Um, the guy in charge of PlayStation basically had all these... Uh, his name is Sean Layden, um, by the way. Basically had all the v- developers that have e- either made games this year or ones that are coming out... Um, and he said, like, I wonder what kind of game you guys could all make if you came together. And uh, one of the developers said, um, what about if you made Death Stranding in Dreams? Because, of course, Dreams is like a um, little big planet thing. I think it's actually from the same developer. Um, so, yeah, they came out and showed Dreams as well, which I thought was really cool. Uh, it's basically like little big planet, but without the, you know, um, the, the, the little men. Uh, which which looked really good, and it was it was good that we finally saw that as well after however many years it had been since we'd seen it because it had gone really quiet and we'd seen like teaser trailers and stuff over the, over the years. Uh, but it was good that they finally came out, and the the woman who was in, in charge of that, or who came out and spoke about it, she said it was looking for twenty eighteen, which which is a, is a good sign. Uh, but I just thought it was really cool the way Sean sat in front of all the developers. He's like, look, but basically it's like a show of power. Of like, look at all these all these people that are making games for PlayStation. You had like Kojima, you had uh, the guy the guy from God of War, the guy from Detroit, the guy from Horizon, uh, the woman from Dreams. You had um, so all that kind of stuff. I thought that was really cool. Uh, and they did uh. One of the points in the presentation, they did a live demo of Detroit. Because even though it's a single-player game, it's a choices-based game. So the audience can kind of shout vote on what they want it to happen. And um, remember when they first ever showed the game and it was the guy who went to the sort of balcony and tried to to save that girl from the other android? Well, it was that um, same scene. And 
he basically he, he showed off a bit more of the game so not just the saving of the girl um but he showed like the things you can do beforehand and like gaining all the evidence and stuff that you you have to do because he said like this is a part that you shouldn't you shouldn't rush but you shouldn't take your time because there was an instance where uh one of the guards that was on guard for the uh the android that took taken the hostage um had gotten shot and he basically said like that's a situation where the game's telling you to hurry up a little bit because you know the android that's holding this girl isn't going to wait all day basically uh which i think is kind of a cool little little addition because he's not he's not going to stand there like all day and wait for something to happen um and they had this funny thing where like he came out and showed um <laughs> he went near the start and there's uh i think it's the mother of the of the daughter came by with this the security guard that was trying to escort her out i guess for like her safety or whatever um and they, they both go past the, the character player and you see this fish on the floor and uh he picks it up and you get an option to like leave it there or put it back in its tank and uh even though you could hear the audience shouting for certain different votes, you couldn't hear what they were saying, whether the guy could or not, or was just getting a general kind of reaction, I'm not sure about, but uh, he put the fish back in the tank and he said, look, every, every choice matters in this game, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, so he put the fish back in there and then he basically showed, like, you going and collecting information about the family and about, like, the history and getting photos and looking at computers. And, um, there was a guy that had died there. I think it might have been the, the daughter's, um, dad. It was some other male that was there. And he'd be, he'd gotten shot and, um, was, like, he, he died on, on, like, a, a glass table. I think he'd, like, smashed into it or something. Um, and they showed you, like, reconstructing the scene and trying to work out, like, who shot who... Uh, like how we got shot and where and all that kind of stuff um so it's more of like gathering evidence basically and as he's doing all this stuff uh there's a, like a success rate percentage that's going up and down um and uh so, so he goes through on that and does all that and like he um he steps outside like onto the balcony he immediately gets shot but he gets shot in the arm and this is an android so i guess they're a bit more powerful than uh normal humans um, and then it shows as you're interacting with this guy and telling him, like, you shouldn't do this and, and whatnot, your percentage rate is going up and down, like, you, your success rate, uh, and then there's, like, this guard that's on the floor, and he's, like, bleeding out, and he goes to inspect him, and the android says, like, you know, you you leave him alone, and you, like, deal with me, that sort of thing, uh, and then your android sort of says, like, if we don't get into hospital, he's gonna bleed out, and you have to sort of leave him there, um, but you, again, you have the choice to whether to go over to him or not, or whether to just deal with this hostage. Um, but I, I thought it looked really good. And there's a lot of, of course, different situations. Like we saw the uh, domestic abuse sort of thing that, that happened at uh, Paris Games Week. So you're going to have a lot of different situations that happen as well. Um, so I think this is from the same people that made Beyond Two Souls and Heavy Rain. Because it's the same type of like gameplay and stuff. So I'd ima- I would imagine it's the same developer. Um, do you have any thoughts on this? Uh, well, the domestic abuse thing is interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, not interesting, interesting. It is something that, you know, is going to get people talking. Yeah, I mean, it Obviously, already has. So. Yeah. And there have been a couple people that have been calling for censorship on it, uh, of the game, and removing it out because of that. But in the same vein, how is that any different from, you know, movies or TV shows that show equally as adult subjects as that. Yeah, I mean, 
did you find out like a particular problem that these people have with this? I know it's the the like subject matter, but anything more specific? What? I think it's more the subject matter being against kids, yeah. which I can understand as a thing. But then again, you had three movies this year that had either abuse or death of children. Yeah, uh, it you know the the remake of Stephen King's It, obviously being the most uh, uh, recent one and most yeah. prominent one. Uh, but past that, I mean, it's one of those things that it's kind of hard to um, talk about, obviously. But I am very much a free speech guy. Mm-hmm. And free expression, so if that's something that the director feels comfortable with doing, then just let the market play out, see if people are willing to have that or not. Yeah. Do you think it's to do with, like, the fact that the dad seemingly, like, kills the daughter? Or, like, he goes up and attacks the daughter and, like, she's got, she's a bit lifeless? Do you think it was to do with that, that that took it a bit too far for people? Uh, Again, we don't know if she's dead, she might just, I I don't know, The, the game didn't confirm it well see you don't know everything that leads up to that point it might be that the dad's under like some weird kind of like influence where he doesn't have control of his actions yeah and again you have the choices in this game so i'm I'm not saying it's up to the player but you could stop this from happening if you're if you're good enough at the game or or maybe maybe you completely fail in both of you i don't know because the the point of the game is that you get multiple different situations so it would be ideal if, like, anything could happen. I don't want to take that yeah. in the worst way possible, but, like... Well, at the end of the day, the there's just too much, there's too much unknown about it to really make any yeah. kind of judgment either or. Yeah, because uh, you don't see what the, the dad does to the child. Um, all you see is a lifeless body. But anyway, um, I thought this demo was really cool, and uh, the audience seemed to love it, so that, that was cool as well. Uh, the God of War developer, this is loading a bit slow, but I can remember some of the stuff that happened. Uh, the God of War developer came out and, uh, spoke about God of War, of course, and they, uh, they're hinting towards, like, spring next year, which is, you know, I think what we already knew before. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said that the game is 25 to 35 hours, which I think is, is kind of nice. Um, like, I don't mind a, a 10, 12 hour game, but... Uh, if they really want to flesh out this, um, not like revival or reboot at all, but like, you know, an old man Kratos with his son is clearly like fresh. Um, but if they want you to like spend loads of time with the, with the son and make some good character development there, then you should have uh, a long game. And heck, I've played The Witcher, which was like 150, 200 hours. I can't remember exactly how long I spent in it, but um, I've not got a problem with long games, so... Because uh, I think if every game decided to be five to eight hours, then you'd get the opposite complaints. So, uh, but it, it looks really cool. I'm really excited to play this. It looks like you know, old man Kratos or Daddy Kratos, whatever you want to call him, is is kicking some ass and uh, is is killing some of these big monsters, uh, which looks really cool. Do you have any thoughts on God of War? Uh no, but it kind of goes into the category of uh, at some point I do need to. Uh buy a PlayStation 4 so I can start playing these games because mm-hmm. uh, Last of Us Remastered I actually physically own, but since I don't have a PlayStation, I can't play it. Yeah. And then you've got Detroit Human, which is getting uh, more and more of my interest to play it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got the uh, Spider-Man game that's coming out exclusively on the PlayStation 4, yeah. which kind of sucks, but also kind of makes sense considering yeah. uh, Sony does have the IP license to... Uh, 
the, yeah, they do. the movie yeah. rights. Yeah, it makes sense. So, although if uh, this whole deal goes through with uh, Disney buying out a good chunk of Fox, then there might be enough pressure for Sony just to sell Spider-Man IP back to Marvel. Maybe. I think Spider-Man's in good hands either way, uh, and it's not going to stop the game from coming out. Um, yeah. And we already have the great Tom Holland playing uh, playing Spider-Man, which is what I like. Um, yep. The, so they they did show a bit more Spider-Man as well. Uh, they showed it at a later PSX thing. I caught like a trailer afterwards, um, which show, just shows a bit more, of, a little bit more of the story. And it is a little bit spoilery. It shows like, um, you, you know the the villain that he he fought against in the helicopter. I can't remember his name. Um, but it shows that he's like a teacher at the school, and I guess he goes bad or something like that, or his powers get like too strong. Um, but I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. It's from Insomniac, and they know how to do the sort of jump around, crazy, over the top games. They know how to do the the Michael Bay of games, but do them right, basically. Because um, if you played Sunset Overdrive, uh, did you play Sunset Overdrive? Yeah, I, I enjoyed the game. I couldn't completely get into it because the uh, travel mechanics just, you know, okay. was just so weird. You have to either be bouncing on something or grinding on something or swinging on something or you just go like trying to ice skate uphill slow in <laughs> yeah. terms of like your yeah. movement speed so mm. that game could that have done with maybe like a skateboard or, or something like yeah that. something yeah uh but anyway um yeah they did sunset overdrive and they did uh, the ratchet and clank game so they're they're good for the whole uh jump around fighting kind of game so i'm looking forward to that um they announced it was towards the end of the show because I'm not doing this in chronological order. Uh, but they announced towards the end of the show, uh, Sean's got this apparently thing now where his shirts mean new game revivals. Because if you've heard about the classic uh, thing with Crash Bandicoot, where um, he was wearing the Crash Bandicoot games, I think it was the E3 before they announced the the remasters for Crash, um, and everyone like lost lost their, their mind, of course. Um, but at that time, he said no, there was no Crash game. Um, or at least he, that's what he wanted to tell us. Uh, and <laughs> one of the, one of the people that was sitting sitting down with Sean said, "Like, uh, what, what what have you got on his shirt?" And the audience was like, oh, what, what, "What's he got? It's another game announcement." And you could sort of see this little like circle. He he like got his sit down a little bit, um, and he starts like saying these other random bits and pieces. Um, about like uh, the crash revival and how that played out with the shirt and stuff, uh, and then he finally unzipped his jacket. And at first, uh, it it wasn't quite clear what it was. It wasn't like a picture of Spyro or something like that. Uh, but it, it, he pointed out that it was this grave, and it had uh, R.O.P. Sam, I think was the name, or something something like that. Um, and then he confirmed that Medieval, the PlayStation, I think it was one or two game. Uh, that that came out is getting a full remaster. Uh, I don't know if it's like from the ground up Crash Bandicoot style, but it is going to be in 4K on PlayStation 4. Um, it's going to be getting a remaster for the PlayStation 4, which um, I'm really excited about because I've seen a lot of gameplay for for Medieval and a lot of um, a lot of it, and I, I'd really like to play it. Uh, so it's good that it's going to come to the PS4. Uh, I think he said 2018. I think that's what the teaser trailer said. Uh, so only have got a lot planned for 2018. Um, which I don't think is a bad thing at all. I don't think you can like have too many exclusives come out. I I don't think so, because uh, all it means is there's more of your games available to the public, which is definitely not a bad thing. Um, 
But yeah, he came out and said about the medieval revival, um, which I'm very very excited for. Did you ever play it? I did not. Okay, I think it was on PlayStation One, or it might have been two, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, what else did they did they show at this this thing? Uh, they announced a couple of VR things, like uh, Wipeout is getting a VR mod. Uh, I'm not sure if that's a separate game release or just like uh, DLC, but they said that that's happening again in early 2018. Uh, and then he went on, and Sh- Sean went on and talked about Lost Guardian and how it came out like a year ago t- um, that month, like last year, December. And then he confirmed that Lost Guardian is getting a VR mode. And then they, they showed this gameplay where Trico, like, the, the player looks up and Trico jumps down. And then uh, Trico, like, looks right into the player's camera. It, 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 it was kind of fun and, and sort of funny. Um, and he said that was an, an add-on. I can't remember if he said that that was free or some sort of uh, separate edition. But I, I think he said that it was just um, an add-on that you're going to get. Uh, which I'd love to play, but I don't have a, a, a PSVR. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of PSVR games I'd like to play, but I don't have it at the moment. So, um, any thoughts on that? No, I think uh, both of those games in VR would might be a little too vomit-inducing for me. So, possibly, yeah. It, it depends how depends how they calibrate it all and stuff. But uh, yeah, that might be quite quite a bumpy ride. But I think that's a good idea, though. Like you you sit on the Trico and you sort of see the view and and stuff like that. So. Uh, what else did they did they talk about? Um, I think that was about it. From from what I remember, there was there was a lot of like talking and um, talking about games that that were coming up and stuff. Uh, we already talked about God of War. They did announce some some other VR games, but they seem to just be announcing like an infinite amount of uh, VR games. But I suppose that's good for the platform because that just gives you more option of of things to play. Um, I don't think that there was anything else that's that I remember. Um, all that's loading, all the stuff that has loaded in front of me. Um, I've talked about like Detroit and God of War and stuff. Uh, but if I remember anything else, I could always bring it like next week or or something like that. So, um, that's so that's it for this year's PSX, the PlayStation Experience, um, and for the Game Awards. Uh, do we have anything else we want to talk about or? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got a couple things that I want to talk about now that we're done with that. Cool. Uh, Bungie decided that they wanted to be in the running for biggest uh, dicks of the year. Good luck. And he has done pretty well. I don't know. They they've <laughs> upped their dick game pretty well. Uh, as you know, Curse of Osiris, the <laughs> DLC, came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but what it did was it actually locked people out of playing parts of the game that had already been released unless they had purchased the uh, DLC. Uh, let me see if I can get the specific numbers here. Uh, yeah, so- obviously, with the expansion launched, uh, the max level increased, the power levels increased. And what that did was that uh, uh, increased the requirements for some of the games. Let me see if I can... Uh, get the specifics here uh, okay. well, while you're waiting for that load to load um sean at the end of the show i did miss this uh but he said that they will aim to change be so that you can change your psn names within the next year yeah which is kind or of as xbox users say hey welcome to three years ago <laughs> yeah. uh but that, that's it's at least a step forward i suppose um it just should have maybe happened already yep 
Yeah, I, I get I, the the specific numbers aren't said, but basically, the Prestige Nightfall has a power up requirement that's increased to the point that non DLC owners can't even use it. So that Nightfall is now inaccessible to them. Uh, the same is true for the Prestige version of the Leviathan Raid. Uh, so the, to do either the Nightfall or the Leviathan Raid, you need a light level higher than what you can get without purchasing the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same with upcoming like public events, uh, uh, the Osiris Strike, things like that. So basically, you can still play the game, but previously locked, con- previously unlocked and open content that you could have played before the expansion, now you can't play without the expansion. And that is pissing a lot of people off. I imagine, I imagine uh, it is, yeah. Microsoft has actually been giving refunds on digital sales of Destiny 2 because of it. Okay, that's, that's at least something nice. Yeah. Um, uh, have they said why this is happening? That's a weird, weird, weird thing to be happening. Uh, there hasn't really been any official thing. There's been a couple of things that have come out from like tweets and whatnot, but unless... Bungie makes like an official statement. Statement. Uh, I don't uh, really count it, and and that's really disconcerting because one of the other news that I had was the division, which is a couple years old, and pretty much everybody had forgotten about. Just got a huge update. Uh, it's patch 1.8. It's called the Resistance. It's already out. It's a free update, and it adds two new game modes to the game itself. Resistance is a player versus environment mode in which the various enemy factions, you know, the, the cleaners and the LMG, LM, uh, LMB and places like that, they actually start teaming up. And then you go to a couple locations and you fight in a horde-style wave-based mode, which you can either do solo or, you know, in a group of four people in a strike force. Um... And then there's a skirmish mode, which is basically a new uh, PvP mode. It's uh, two teams of four players fight for most kills under a time, so that's nothing new. Uh, There's a new social hub called Camp Clinton. Uh, New gear, new uh, um, equipment, new modifications, things like that. And uh, this is also... uh, the free weekend for the game. So if you haven't played the game yet, you can actually download it. And the, the free weekend includes all three uh, DLCs that had come out beforehand. Oh, wow. So uh, I'm going over the map. I'm going over here to see uh, if uh, they see anything else like that. Uh, there's a new rogue system for the Dark Zone. Uh, you can do what's called an optimization of your gear. Basically, it lets you... Because these are all basically RPGs, so all the guns and everything just have numbers to them, and so the gear just you know makes those numbers a little bit bigger without actually having to replace the weapon. Okay. Uh, but, you know, the fact that this is a huge uh, patch, and it came out free, and it came out, uh, you know, right at the time when... Uh, EA is getting their asses handed to them because of loot boxes, and Dungey pulls this dick move. Yeah. That it's so weird uh, on that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's great for the... This is for the Division, you said? Yeah, this is for the Division, which I play from time to time. Uh, it's one of the few games that I like uh, because it does have, uh, you know, a point to the... You, it, and it's, that's the problem with a lot of the games that are 
you know, online base is that you get to a point to where you can't play the game anymore because you need more people. Like, there's, like, all the in-game content. I've never been able to play the in-game content because I don't have enough friends that play the game to where I can actually play them. And I've tried to do random, you know, hookup meetups a few times, and it never goes well. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you talking was, about that too. Yeah, it's like 10 minutes into it, and then everybody, somebody gives up, and then you're down a person, and then the next person gives up, and then everybody just bails. I mean, this is content that I would love to play just so I could have played it, but I haven't been able to do that yet. Yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. They're doing it for the free weekend as well. Uh, it gives players much more of an incentive to join and stuff. Yep. Um, the one other thing I found here, because uh, I was scrolling as you as you were talking as well, um, there's this kind of cool game coming up for the, the PS4, and it looks like it should, it's not coming to the Vita, but I think it, it would be good on the Vita. Uh, it's called Donuts County, and it's basically this kind of puzzle game where uh, you start off with a circle, um, you move the circle around the map so that the stuff in the map falls through it, and then the bigger the thing that drops in, the wider the hole opens. So I imagine it's a case of um, you have to try and get the hole big enough so that the last, the the later pieces or the bigger pieces in the map fall through. Um, and it looked a little bit boring when I first saw it, but then as it sort of showed a few more maps and stuff, um, and showed like uh so some of these other items like struggling to get to get in in the ground that that you're you're putting through uh it it looked kind of a like a nice sort of puzzle game um and i might i might even maybe try it at some point i don't think it's going to be co-op because i think if you had two circles on the map it might just make it a bit too easy because then maybe you could like uh you could collect more items and stuff um but i imagine it's a case of if you have one more item left in in your map and it's not big enough for the hole then maybe you'd you'd fail or something like that um they didn't show too much more apart from from what was shown again this is uh i know what you said earlier about teaser trailers but they did actually show gameplay so i'm able to, to talk about that so um i thought i thought that was quite a nice sort of little game uh, it's probably going to be like an an indie game that comes out only on the on the store but i thought that was kind of cool uh so what the last thing i did um was I wrote down all the PlayStation exclusives that um, were like mentioned in here, or the ones that are coming out, so we can kind of maybe discuss them a little bit. So you've got Days Gone, you've got uh, Spider-Man, Last of Us Part 2, God of War, Death Stranding, Detroit Become Human, the Medieval Remaster, Shadow of the Colossus, which we didn't talk about. They did show some more of that, and I'm really interested. It looks a bit sort of, if you took The Last Guardian... Uh, and added these tall monsters, but you had a horse instead of Trico. Maybe you're like doing you're uh, you're climbing up the enemy and stuff, and you have to uh, put the sword in in the enemy at the top. So I imagine that's like a, a kill shot or whatever whatever you would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it looks like the the monsters sort of have this blue thing at the top of their head, and you have to put the sword in there, and then the uh, monster sort of just collapses. Uh, but that, that looks pretty cool. And I saw. A comparison video that had um, PS2, PS3, and PS4 all next to each other, um, and you can obviously you can tell like the, the differences and stuff. Some things are like different colors, but they just like look a bit better. Uh, have you seen any of this game? Uh, no, not really. Okay. Um, 
so you got that, and then you've got Dreams, which we, we talked about, uh, and then Donuts County. I think the at E3 next year for, for Sony, because of course there's not going to be any more conferences and, and stuff this year, I think that the games that will come out early next year will come out obviously before E3, so maybe like Days Gone, Spider-Man, God of War. Uh, maybe Detroit become human, although I think so. I think in the first four months of the year, like before E3, I think you'll see Days Gone, God of War, and Detroit. Those are the, the three that, uh, oh, and Shadow of the Colossus. Those seem to be the ones that have been talked about for early next year. Whereas you've got um, mm-hmm. Spider-Man and, uh, so maybe, maybe they could have those... Those games at the start of the year, and then have Spider-Man as like an August type game, so that they can have another exclusive in the year. Because I think Last of Us Part Two, Death Stranding, um, of definitely not next year. Uh, although I think we might see a bit more Last of Us next year, because they they said as well. I saw another post that said that the game is fifty to sixty percent done, and that we'll see some gameplay at E3. So I'm guessing that we'll get some gameplay at E3 and then we'll have like a 2019 teaser date. Because I think it's going to come out either early 2019 or more likely like holiday 2019. Uh, I think that's that's what might happen. And I think Death Stranding will be either the year after that or like 2021. Which I know seems very far off but uh, we're almost in 2018. Uh, but that's kind of how I think the year's going to go. Oh, yeah, and you've got the Medieval remaster, so maybe they'll, like, pair Medieval with Spider-Man, so a bit later in the year, so that the games I mentioned for early next year can come out early, and then later next year they could have, um, maybe, like, Dreams, Spider-Man, and, uh, Medieval. That's a lot of exclusives in one year, but, again, I don't think that's a problem. What do you think? I think that you're you're right on that. I mean, that's there, you can never have too many exclusives. Yeah, because it, uh, it means there's always something available for your console, which is yeah good. Um, so what was you saying? Oh, nothing. I was just uh, I got distracted by a, a notification on my phone. Sorry. Okay. Um, but yeah, then you got Dreams and uh, Donut County, which I think Dreams is next year. Like I said. And then Donut County could just be sort of any time in the year. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's everything uh, now for, for PSX. Do you have? You, you said you were saving one thing to the end. To the end of the show. Yeah, you know it's always good to end on a fun little note. Uh, cool. As you know, with PUBG coming out here in the next week, yep. uh, always there's always a chance for like really fun promotional things. Uh-huh. And in Australia, they're doing a unique campaign to support the launch. Uh, they're actually doing supply drops. Uh, basically, it's boxes that are stuffed with items uh, that are being chucked out of planes and then parachute down and land. Uh, Microsoft is going to disclose the location of the loot crates and passwords to unlock them on the Xbox ANZ fanbook page, Facebook page rather. Okay. Uh, the crates will be available Saturday, December 9th, which has obviously already happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's some pretty interesting stuff in there. There's uh, Xbox One X consoles and Elite controllers in, as part of the loot crates. So not insignificant amount of swag. Cool. That's pretty nice. And uh, good luck to anybody that wins stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Uh, so yeah, I think that's about it for this week's uh, podcast. We had lots to talk about. Um, 
next week we'll be doing our game of the, games of the year. I've got a top five in mind. I just need to you know, confirm it with myself, I guess. Um, but we're gonna we, we'll do like some bits of news, maybe some like leftover stuff from PSX because I think it's still happening or something like that. Um, I th- or I think it finished on Saturday, but there's still probably going to be bits and pieces coming out over the week. So we'll maybe do some of that stuff. Uh, and then we'll talk about our games of the year and tell you what we thought was the, the best of the, of the business. Um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Patreon. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, um, YouTube, Twitch, and Mixer. Um, you, did you do a stream yesterday? Yeah, I did about two hours-ish of uh, cool. of uh, uh, Tomb Raider. Cool. But I got a late start to it because I had some other stuff going on. That's cool. Um, but yeah, check out Robert's Mixer schedules on the website. Um, in terms of us, this week we've got the Walking Dead mid-season finale. Uh, we've got the mid-season finales for the CW shows. That'll be on Thursday. Um, we've got... Uh, last still got some stuff that came out last week. Um... I did a review for like Nintendo's 2017 sort of so far kind of thing and talked about you know the, the success of the Switch that all kind of ties together. Um, me and David of course did uh, Walking Dead last week. We did uh, what was the other thing that we did? I'm sure there was something else, but I can't quite remember. Uh, oh yeah, we did the um, the crossover review for these CW shows, the uh, Crisis on Earth X. So if you've seen the crossover, uh, go and check that out. If you're not caught up in the episodes, we have some of the previous ones uh, going back to the start of last season. Um, But yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.